And hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 30th, and you're listening to the University Pulse radio station. My name is Matt, uh, and this is the Dry Spell cast um, from Dry Spell Radio. That's us. That's us. Hey, Austin. Yes. Austin's here. Hello. There is another guy in here named Austin with me. And yeah, so we're going to talk about video games for the next couple hours if you want to tune in and listen to that. If not, uh, music will return in about two hours. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yes, I'm sorry for making your study session worse. But that's what we do. We're here to ruin your day. So I just want to open up the show by saying if you're listening out there and you want to get in touch with us over the next couple hours, want to say something, go ahead and shoot us an email at dryspellradio at gmail.com or tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is dryspellradio. Either of those will get to me and then, I don't know, we'll read them on air or, I don't know, ask us questions. Do something. Do something related to email. How does that sound? Does that sound like a fair deal? Something related to email? Yeah. Okay. Well, or tweet. I don't know. Something. I don't know. If you have any burning video game questions, I can do my best to answer them. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I have I have a computer in front of me, so if I don't know, I can always look it up. Right? Yes. That's what Google's for. And we like to think we're semi experts at the in the field. Uh no. I would never call myself an expert. I, said, I think I know a lot about video yeah. games. I would never call myself an expert. At least I, I said semi expert. That's it's I, one of those. So I feel like we kind of know what we're talking about. So yeah, we're not on just, occasion. We're not just on this radio show. Just like nah, 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 nah. so that's like one of the things that video games are like lacking in. Um, there's like no good written history of video games. And that's like I've all like I'm searching for a really good book that kind of just outlines the intro to video games. And like there's some shows and stuff that I've watched uh, that are usually really bad. And that that's upsetting to me. You know, there's there's a few people out there who are like trying to catalog and like trying to record the history of video games. But I don't know. It's not there yet. That's weird because, I mean, it's got a decent history. It's got, I mean, it's a huge industry now, so I don't understand why there's, like, no push for, like... I mean, there's, like, the stuff that is written is, like, there's a good book about the battle between Sega and Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who wrote it, but it's, it's something about console wars, like the war that defined the generation or something like that. And that's, that's good. The, um, but otherwise, you know, there's uh, there's some good stuff on the history of Atari, which is kind of littered with crap and sadness, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the whole story of Atari, in right? General, so right. So how's how's your life? What's going on in the world of Austin? Oh, it's been busy, busy, busy this week. Uh, I have, was in the library most of the day yesterday when I wasn't in class or doing. Other stuff for my other life. You don't have another life? So I am part of the another club here on Boise State. I'm actually the president of it. And so that takes up a lot of my time, especially this week is our, uh, I mean, we had our, a meeting last night. We got a new the involvement fair today in the sub, if anyone's listening and interested. Two to five up in the Jordan Ballroom. Come say hi. Yeah. I, I mean, think there's we won't be the only one there. There'll be like 200 uh, clubs to go talk to. So Right. I, I wanted to get a club for that, but uh, 
I didn't. Yeah. So, and then I got another meeting tomorrow night with all the people that sign up for tonight. And she's busy. And then our first competition's literally like a month away. Actually, is exactly a month away. So that's, that's fun. Cool. And it's just stressful, stressful in school and studying for LSAT and all that good stuff. I don't have free time for the next couple of weeks. Probably not. So, but I'm here. I'm dedicated. I will talk about video game stuff for the next two hours and then go on my day and you better and then go brain dead somewhere else. So I'm here for you guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I was I was kind of hoping to hear back by now. I know that like Boise State is starting an esports thing, like a team. Yeah, you've been getting into that. I'd like trying to find figure that out and uh i know i know i'm sure they're super busy because they're professors and the guys who are like leading it i'm like trying to like get a hold of them i would like to have them on the show actually uh so let's we're gonna see if we can make that happen but i've also started to find other people that maybe want to come on so you hear more than just our voices that'll be fun i mean we're lovely to listen to but it might be nice to get a third person now I will say I'm gonna I'm, because I have a microphone in front of me and it's going out to the world. I want to rant for a second. Let's hear it. I went to Starbucks this morning, and don't get me wrong; like Starbucks does their thing, they do their thing fine. But for some reason, they like to put whipped cream on iced coffee. Oh, I, your face when they did that. <laughs> so I always ask for no whipped cream. Always. Um, and actually, if you, I mean, it says it right there, but that's like, I can see how nobody would understand that. But uh, at least half of the time, it comes with whipped cream on it. No matter, every time I ask this for this, and this is totally a f- first world problem, I just don't want whipped cream on my coffee. But I, it always ends up on there. Yeah. Stop, I mean, stop putting whipped cream to, on your coffee. They listened to me last night when I, they said room for cream. I said no, and I didn't get any whipped cream. So, Well, room for cream is different. No, but I mean, they like no whipped cream. I did nice coffee and not got no whip. So, But that was in the other Starbucks in the library. So They maybe, have, they maybe have a little more experience. Maybe because they're new here in the sub. They don't, they don't, they're still figuring it out. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. So... That, that was my rant for the day. Mm, it was very nice. For anybody who cares about my coffee problems. I'm sure it's next to no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's about the amount of people who are listening right now. Zero. <laughs> next to no one. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. But if you are tuning in, thanks for listening. Uh, as you see on your dial, it says the Tai and Tay show. Are we really still Tai and Tay? Our stuff actually got 100% deleted. <laughs> I can't find it on this computer. <laughs> So we are not Ty and Tay. My name's Matt. His name is Austin. Um, and yeah, we are not we are not your normal morning show, which I think they still do every day. I don't know. Yeah, but probably. Yeah. So I guess in the world of us, I am headed to PAX this week set. This weekend. This weekend. There you go. Um, that'll be fun, I guess. It'd be different. I mean, it'd be exciting for you. Yeah, I'm driving up Saturday, so I miss Friday and Saturday because by the time I bought my padges, uh, it was sold out, right? Basically sold out. It was sold out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got a Monday pass, 
and then bought a scalped Sunday pass for three times the price. And yeah, I know. But I'll be up there Saturday. I don't know. I'm trying to find like uh, a meet thing or like a get together. I'm sure you'll find for something. like the different groups I'm in. I'm sure I'll find something. And because that'll be cool. I don't know. I know that Saturday is like a big day for them. That's a big day for PAX. Now, I will say, so I, I started figuring out my schedule, things I want to go see and so on and so forth. I know I am planning on Sunday morning is Paxomania or not Paxomania. Sorry. It's maybe, maybe that's what it's called now. It's the League of Heels. And. I'm real excited to see that. If you don't know what League of Heels is, there's actually a pretty good documentary on YouTube right now. It just barely came out. League of Hills is this dumb idea that several people from the industry had that said, oh, we like, we like wrestling. <laughs> um, and let's, let's see if we can get all of our friends together and play a wrestling game. Mm-hmm. And so it started as this, like, like maybe 20 people, and it's grown. Like, everybody in the industry is part of this stupid thing. And it's part video game wrestling, part, like, real-life okay. wrestling. You, you have talked about this like before. They, yeah, they, like, go in, and they'll, like, bring out bottles and smash them over each other's heads and stuff. And uh, anybody wrestling stuff. Yeah, if anybody knows what a heel is in wrestling, it's basically the bad guy. And so this is the league of heels and all of my favorite industry people go like are a part of this. So I really want to go see, we may see the return of dirty Dan, which, uh, he got removed from the league a couple, <laughs> uh, a couple times ago because nobody liked him. And so we'll see if he comes back. It's Dan Riker. Yeah, I figured as much. And it's just it's a stupid. It's just a lot of stupid fun. And it's amazing how many like video game people are still fans of wrestling. Actually, one of the biggest uh, podcasts right now in the world of video games is from two wrestlers, two professional WWE wrestlers, Samoa Joe. And I forget the other guy's name. Uh, they they host the podcast because they're s- like the worlds are so intertwined. It's, it's so funny. I, it, that's so weird to me. I mean, I've never been a wrestling fan, but I know you are. So it's because it's great. Yeah. It's stupid fun. Yeah. And why? How can you argue with that's stupid true. fun? And we missed it when they came here last year. So. We did, but it's back in September. Whoa! Um, and I haven't checked the date on my calendar yet. I probably can't really go because I like all my September's <laughs> It might are. be the day after Connor's wedding. I probably can't do that either. Well, I'm, uh, well so, I mean, later that, oh, I'll probably, eh, we'll see. We'll yeah, figure it out. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, because I really want to go to that. But yeah, and then I know later in that day, Danny O'Dwyer is doing a history of The Witcher, mm. which I think will be kind of cool. I might try to stop in and see that. And then Giant Bomb has their panel that night. And the next day, they have some stuff on breaking into the media industry side of it. So, obviously, I would go to that. And then a Boise State professor is presenting a panel on eSports, as I kind of mentioned earlier. He'll be there, Dr. Chris Haskell, if you're out there listening. You definitely can't miss that one. 
No, I, I mean, I can. It's one of the last ones of the show. And so my problem is, is because I have to drive home that night so oh. I can be at class at nine o'clock in the next day. Ah. And so I'm trying to decide the likely plan right now, unless I really change my mind, is I'm going to stay for that and then drive home afterwards somewhere around nine or 10 o'clock, park in a uh, rest stop, take an hour nap. And then just continue going on. You do you, man. Yeah, I mean it's only a seven, eight hour drive somewhere in there. As long as I'm, your car's I'm, functioning I'm, just fine. I'm not taking my car. <laughs> okay. My parents are letting me borrow theirs. Because your last trip back from Seattle was, was a nightmare, <laughs> and I don't want to go through that again. I'm sure it would do fine this time. I'm not worried about it anymore. Just wouldn't take the risk. I mean, at least it doesn't turn off anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had any problems well, yeah. since I brought it back and Good. kind of looked at it. Brought it back to life. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun weekend. I'm really excited to meet people because our world is really small. Um, and so, I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be fun. I wish I could do it, but I just am too busy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things I think you should do at some point. I don't know. I mean, after you graduate i don't know how serious you are about this anymore but i don't know i mean i want to stay serious but if i i mean if i have life demands and stuff i will we'll figure it out yeah and it's just one of those things i think it's just one of those things that it's a big industry meeting so i think that it's important to try and go to and who knows uh maybe maybe i'll get a job (laughs) i'm just kidding i won't get a job and leave me yeah. Do the radio show all by myself. Yeah. And then next year, I'd like to go again, and I'd like to make it a yearly thing, and maybe even Evo next year. When's PAX East? PAX East is in the spring. Oh, is it? Like March-ish. Ah, uh, okay. And that one's in Boston, and I would love to go there. Well, um, I have a connection there, so. You do. I have. I actually have some people in Boston. So, BT Dubs on the down low. Not really down low. No. My sister nope. met. Robert Kraft, the owner of oh, yeah. the Patriots yesterday. And also the owner of an Overwatch team. That's right. Let's let's relate that. So there you go. There's the connection. So yes, my my sister is like famous celebrity and I'm here in a radio uh, show I talking. I don't think to she's no one. a famous celebrity. <laughs> she's just doing her thing and she's doing it well. Yeah. So that was pretty cool for her. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, we are gonna take a quick break and then we will be back. So back to video games. Uh, Austin, have you been playing anything? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I I haven't really played anything in a week, honestly. I think I played some Siege. Yeah, typical. This, like last weekend. I know, typical. That's all I've been playing. I mean, it's going to be good. The new update's coming out. I'm really excited. Yeah, we'll talk about the new update yeah, later. It's coming. So uh, other than that, I really haven't played anything i've been so busy with like school obviously and work and just other stuff that i need to get done yeah uh, there's always gonna be those weeks well i'm trying to well okay what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get all 
my, all my homework done for the next two weeks. So when Destiny 2 comes out, yes, covered. You're all right. So, I mean... I, it comes out next Wednesday. Next, It's next week. So I... In a week from today. I have to get... I did all my homework for the most of this week, and I just need to get into the library probably tomorrow and bang out next week's homework. And I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I, I need to do that same thing. Because I want to obviously spend a lot of time in the game, and so we can talk about... Well, we will probably play when it releases... Uh, because it'll release at like midnight or probably a little bit earlier on Tuesday. Yeah, I got to go pick mine up from GameStop, though. I regret my decision there. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but just buy it again. Just, <laughs> I mean, I might as well just cancel my pre-order. I only spent five bucks so far, so. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so I'm probably going to stay up most of the night on Wednesday. Yeah, th- I mean, that's Thursday, my plan. Wednesday, and Maybe GameStop will be open. I think they'll that. they'll be definitely be doing a midnight release there. I think they already told me they were. Yeah. So, if not, I will literally go cancel my pre order and just like buy. It well, and if they are, if they're doing that, then I'll go with you. Cool. Be fun. Yeah. Be I haven't been to a good midnight release in a while. I think the last actual midnight release I went to was Skyrim. The last one I went to was the PlayStation. Okay. Yeah, mine. I got mine off. I got mine two minutes early. And so I still kind of believe I was one of the first ones. Oh. I'm not the first in Idaho to get one. Yeah, I got mine off what, Amazon, so that was, it just got shipped to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think Skyrim was the last, like, release, midnight release party I've done. Um, so that's, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be pretty good. From what I'm hearing, um, and uh, they just actually announced that Destiny 2, for all you PS4 Pro owners, it will be upscaled to 4K. Which is a pretty big because they they originally said it wasn't going to and now it They've is. They've changed uh, path quite a few times on a number of different and things. And they even said that it's possible to make the console version sixty frames a second. They just haven't done it. So I wouldn't be surprised later on, especially for like the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, just doing a, a sixty frame per second version. But I don't know how that would compete with the regulars because we'll be locked at thirty. Right. I mean, yeah, that's a little strange when you think about it competitively, which is why originally they were like, we aren't going to do that. But at a certain point, we're going to have to figure that out because a lot of games that are going to be coming out are going to have that that difference. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I don't think it matters until you like get to a game that people are kind of pushing the competitive aspect of it. And I don't think they're pushing it too hard on Destiny. You can tell they're definitely trying to go for more for an MMO. Well, the, the, thing. a story, a single player, like not really a single player, but like an actual like story campaign, right, is where they're going. Because obviously, well, know. they're going for the MMO aspect less than the the competitive. Because mm-hmm. I know obviously Destiny One just turned into nothing but competitive because there was nothing much left to do in the story and it all became uh, crucible or trials and stuff like that. So I'm sure all, I mean, all that'll still be in this game, pretty obvious. But I think it's gonna be a bigger emphasis on uh, the other side, the story. Yeah, game. for sure. Now, I'm going to talk about Destiny as seen in 60 frames per second because... Did you play? I, yes, I got the PC demo. The beta? Beta, whatever. It's basically a demo. And, of course, the first thing I did was go into the settings and turn everything to highest. 
And I guess if you want to run it at 4K and all that jazz, you need you need SLI 1080 Ti's. And I don't have that. I have a 1070, but I still ran it at 60 frames per second. And that game is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's what I've heard. I mean, I regret buying this for PlayStation, like hardcore regret. And like our friend Jesse, I was playing with last night. the same thing. We we had that conversation. It's like, at what point are we going to just make our friends stop buying stuff for PlayStation because this is so much better. It is such a better experience. I mean, that game is beautiful. It looks so good. Well, you want to pay money to upgrade my computer for me? No. See? Do it yourself. Ah. We all do it. Crazy, huh? Ah! I mean, that's that's part of the deal. Well, maybe. Okay, so I know this game releases a month or a month or more later for PC. So maybe in a month or so, we'll buy the PC version. I doubt I'm going to buy this game twice. Maybe at a sale or something. Yeah, we'll see. But it is it looks so good. I mean, I didn't have problems with frames. I mean, it just ran really super well. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I played Absolver. Devolver Digital's new new yes. game. Yes, and so this game, I I just still think of their E3 press conference, and it just cracks me up. Their E3 press conference was great. Future, future, future. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, you know I like Devolver as a company more so than I like this game. And not that not as good as you thought. Or so there are things about it. First of all, I want to start off by saying. This feels like Dark Souls. Well, I think that's what they were, they were going for, Yeah, right? probably. And for anybody who knows me, I am not a fan of the Dark Souls series. Um, and I actually had this, this argument with some friends of ours last night. I think that it is overrated. But, and, you know, it does its thing well, whatever. Let, let it, I'll let it be whatever it is. But... This game is an attempt to kind of make one of those at a sm- I think at a smaller scale. And that's the thing about like Dark Souls is those games are so huge mm-hmm. and the visuals are stunning and shocking. And this really didn't seem to have a lot of that. This was kind of toned down graphically. Um, but I mean, it still looked fine. It looked like a good game. I will say that I was running into some graphical issues. I was playing on my PlayStation, uh, and there were some things, like when it would load into a new zone, it doesn't hit a loading screen, but you can tell it's loading a new area because my frame rate went to crap. Mm. And that's disappointing. I mean, if that's always been a thing of mine, I really get disappointed in games that have that problem. But the combat is super complicated. The training, like I walked out of the training in it and was more confused than if I hadn't have done it. Mm. it. I mean, there is a lot of stuff. Everything from like the button presses, like, how which way you press a button like it triggers a different 
combo thing that like is in the bottom of the screen and then it like rotates and you can chain different combo attacks together hmm. and then you have a fast attack that you can throw in there and there's this thing called feigning where it, it cancels your action and then if they like if you then hit them you like absorb health and you have an absorb feature where you absorb their attacks for more health and so there's this almost skill tree-esque battle like card thing where you choose which way you want your different combo attacks to go and i feel like when they're making this like how do we want to do the combat systems like you know every combat system ever Yes. Put it in there. <laughs> it is. Okay. And it, like, you know how in For Honor you can switch stances like mid combat? It has that, but it's almost impossible to use during combat. And that's how you trigger the different combos. And like I said, so it rotates. So, like, it, it's basically a diamond. And so you always start in the like upper right corner. And then when you press Y, depending on how you have your, your combat tree, it switches to another one. And then if you press it again, it switches to another one and it rotates and you can set which way you want it to rotate. It is complicated. God, that's just so weird. And then you learn moves from other people as you fight them. And there's a battle trainer that you go into that I have yet to figure out how to get into, but you go in there and that's how you learn new moves that you can then string together. And there's several different abilities that you can map to like your D pad, such ah, as like healing. That just and sounds. There is a lot of stuff in the combat system. Oh this my game. gosh, that sounds ridiculous. There is especially because I'm coming off like Hellblade, which I mean I don't think I haven't played Absolver, or seen it, but maybe kind of similar style. I've been playing CSGO a bunch. But Hellblade <laughs> is like super simple fighting. It's all timing and it's not like combos. So that's just, ah, I'm not a combo fighter well, and guy. It's, well, it is. It's, it is all timing. The combos are basically run themselves. Okay. No, they're just different stringed attacks. So I haven't figured out, like, maybe there is a, a way to combo better. But uh, it's very much hands-off. Like, it tells you the basics and then just goes away and doesn't tell you anything else. And I got, I got really frustrated because it has that Souls-esque difficulty where you have that grind where you go to a boss and there's no way you can beat them. And then you have to go back oh, and, and grind to, like, levels. You have to, like, learn new moves to go yes, beat them. To that's go right. Beat I, them. I, I, okay, I did see stuff on this game. And that's that's my biggest problem. I don't I like hate, that. I hate games that are disguised problems in difficulty. But I don't know if this is necessarily that. I think this game is just hard. And it's, like, it's hard in a way that I have problems with. You know? Like, I'm good at certain things. I'm not good at those kind of games. You like walking simulators. I love walking simulators, but I don't know. Like, I think it's a decent game. Like I said, I've liked a, some of it. I just don't like the difficulty and I'm not a fan of how complex the combat system is. You know, after playing it for a couple hours last night with some of my friends, I'm kind of started to get used to it a little bit. So I'm thinking if I put more time into it, maybe I would start to learn. And 
I got to like the first boss fight that I could find, which is a couple, which I guess there's several different paths because I know my friend Jason had not gotten there yet, but he had already beat a boss. And so I got to this one boss and it was this couple fighters. And when you finally get them down to like a quarter health, they whip out swords and I don't have a weapon. Mm. And that's not fair. So I just got demolished. I tried a couple of times and just got demolished. And I know Jason was having a problem with a boss. And oh, after I'm sure he was enjoying that. Yeah. After we all got off, he finally beat him and like texted us and stuff. But I don't know. Like I, I, I don't like being this frustrated with a game. That, I mean, that's kind of why I got out of Dark Souls was like, yes, because the problem with Dark Souls, like when you fight a boss, like you have to know exactly what that boss is going to throw at you, exactly when he's going to throw it at yes. you. And you have to time everything perfectly. And if you mess up, I, I love like the, the, like what the evil Kermit meme. It's like, all right, you, you know, you made it through this many waves of the boss fight. Just, uh, you know what you need to do and just throw, throw in one more attack. And then it's like, you die. And it's like, of course it's like, cause you get greedy and then you mess up. And yep. then, so I, like, I like patient fighting like that, but not to like the extreme, like, right. For much. sure. I mean, that's definitely a problem for me. So I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this game a more of a chance. I think I need to play at least 10 hours of it before I really get, before I can really make a decision on it because I 10 hours in any game for you is hard. It is. It is because I, I switch around so much. I know like immediately after playing it, I switched to Sonic Mania. Which Uh, you maybe put 10 hours in that one already. And then I got stuck and was frustrated with it. But anyways, that's kind of it. That's all I've been really playing. I, I did win a dota match last night which i'm real happy about because Whoa. it's been a while uh, i played with a friend of mine who i went to college with who moved to san francisco and he's like the one that like when i was at the international and stuff we were texting back and forth so i'm real excited that i won a match and he's much better than we like i am so i have somebody that i can kind of follow around and not be a dickhead so we're going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to take a few minutes to kind of regain our vocal muscles, and we'll be back. are back and we're talking about video games let's go ahead and let's get into some news uh so it's kind of been a weird week for video games you know gamescom uh ended which is uh a big german game convention it's a it's a pretty big one in the year yeah and actually the japanese game show is real soon too so that we've been saying this is like the time of the year where all this starts picking up. So and then Gamescom, just, yeah. PAX, the Japanese game show. Like this is like this is this is prime time now. Yes. Uh, and so on the news front, I want to lead with this. Half-Life 3 is dead. Did you hear about this? I uh, guess. So one of the lead writers, um, if not 
the lead writer behind the Half-Life series tweeted, not, I guess not tweeted. He wrote a blog post and basically covered what would have been a Half-Life 2 episode 3 plot story, whatever. So it was kind of strange. Like, and it, it sounded like like a Half Life. It sounded like actually kind of a cool game. Mm-hmm. And you didn't read it, did you? No, I just saw the blurb. Yeah, and so it was. It was basically just Gordon Freeman. They go to avenge whatever his face's death is, and blah blah blah. So spoilers. I know, and. I guess this kind of leads, it definitely led Reddit to the conclusion that Half-Life is completely dead, which I'm amazed that that conclusion wasn't reached earlier because it's been dead for a long time. But but there's always that like shining, glimmering, like hope in the distance. Like, right. But when you realize that every writer that was part of this is no was longer, gone. No longer works at Valve. Yeah. Because they... Valve doesn't make games other than card games, Dota related things like this was this was inevitable, but it still led the Internet to freak out. So go to Dota 2's Steam page, go to the reviews, because the review section basically became a place for people to express their frustration for Valve killing Half-Life. <laughs> oh, because internet. it's Dota's fault. The internet. Ugh. Right? It's Dota's fault that Valve killed Half-Life. Because Dota made them more money. It's true. And so it, the internet has just taken this whole thing and made it huge. Like, there were memes galore about this on Reddit. And it, I mean, anybody who thought that Half-Life 3 was ever going to come out was crazy. And because it, it took a very specific universe for Half-Life 3 to come out, the only reason Half-Life was ever made in the first place was Valve wanted to push something. You know, they wanted to innovate and be the first to make something really super good in its genre. So when they came out with Half-Life 1, it was, oh, well, we have first-person shooters. Let's add a lot of story, and let's kind of ramp up the way first-person shooters are viewed. Mm -hmm. And it did it. It was a huge success. Half-Life 2 comes out, and it was their attempt to be like, okay, we have this engine. We are like experimenting with physics. The entire reason that you have the gravity gun is because it was a physics experiment. And so they wanted to shock the world, be like, Hey, this is what this can do. Half-Life three never had that opportunity to really push the envelope and be something special. I I know you kind of talked about it, as like a like a possible explanation, but like it being a VR game, right? Like the first like good VR game, right? And if you noticed, like after the first year of VR being out, 
when it, it never got announced, that was kind of like, oh, well, that's not what they're going to do. They're never going to do this. It just doesn't make sense. And so I don't know. I'm like, there's part of me that hopes that this puts to rest the idea of a Half-Life 3 because it, we're basically just being led on at this point. Oh, yeah. And and Valve isn't doing it is the thing. They're very upfront about, it's, yeah, it's this, the this internet, isn't really like, happening. Is it really dead, though? I don't right. know. And it's, so it's, maybe people will stop thinking that this is a thing. Still waiting for Portal 3. See, I think Portal 3 has more of a chance of existing. Uh, absolutely. So... Because it's it's a smaller game. It doesn't take a huge team. You know, it can be done with a small group of really good devs. They can take their time on it. And Half-Life d- just and that can't be And that could be a good VR game. That would be a great VR game done correctly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they'd have to figure out the movement I mean, in a way have... that VR doesn't do movement right now. Well, they would work probably exclusively with the HTC Vive. Five. Well... <laughs> We'll talk about that. But, yeah, Half-Life 3 is dead. Uh, and I've, I actually have news about the Vive later on. But okay. let's just let's talk more about dead things. Like, the Nintendo Miiverse is now dead. Or they're closing it. And So your Mii. Your Mii is going to go bye-bye. It's going to die. Actually, I, I mean, I, the Miis will still stay there. But the Miiverse, like... The the Miiverse, you can't go in and draw pictures and all that crap anymore, which is probably a good thing. I remember PlayStation, it was on PS3, like, kind of tried to do something like this. The PlayStation Home, where you, like, created an avatar and, like... Well, Xbox did that, too. Yeah, well, it became, like, a Sims game, kind of. Like, you would go and, like, it was was so weird. It was, like, obviously PlayStation's attempt to, like, do this because obviously like uh xbox had something similar and then obviously nintendo with the miiverse it was so weird and they canceled it after like several months because it was just like no one used it everyone's like i didn't buy a playstation to do this i wanted to play games and whatever watch netflix and stuff so mostly watch netflix yeah that's all my playstation's been lately so yeah and so the miiverse is dying you can go on you can download your pictures that you've drawn and stuff oh so those are saved but yeah it's like going on your old MySpace profile. And it is. Find yeah. the pictures. On. It very, it very well is. <laughs> I, I would be ashamed to go to my MySpace now. I, I have been there in the past year, and it is sad. I love how they, uh, obviously, with like the whole transfer of that company, they still kept all the profiles, right? Like intact. I'm like, oh god. Doesn't like Justin Timberlake own that now? I have no idea. I think Justin Timberlake owns MySpace. I really want to know because I this is this is important to our listeners. MySpace. Well, I will move on to the next thing while uh, he's searching for that. So Fallout Four. This is was announced at E3. Uh, Time it, owns MySpace. What? Who? Time. Like Time Magazine. Yeah, Time Inc. Oh, okay, interesting. So uh, Fallout Four received paid mods, and I believe Skyrim does as well. Uh, you know, I. They had theirs a while back, and it was a disaster. But they're they're changing how the system works. I think. Yeah. So Fallout Four received the paid mods, and it's through Bethesda's Creation Club. 
Yes. And people are not happy. Surprise, surprise. Because monetizing mods through the company doesn't sound like a good idea. No. But their their plan is, is like, oh, we're Bethesda. It's our thing. We're going to work with the top modders in the community. We're going to help them earn money as game developers for us. And their big thing is like, oh, well, we won't retrofit existing mods to become paid versions of it. So if it's out there right now and it's free, then they will not monetize it. So all new mods. All, yeah. It's new mods will be in this creation club. But here's the kicker. Of course... That's not the case. People are finding mods in the creation club that you can buy that aren't titled the same or anything, but are bizarrely close to mods that you can get for free off of just random online sources. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if we just see these free mods just kind of disappear and then a paid mod very similar to it just shows up. In its right. So. And the, the point is, is they're like, oh, well, this is not, that's not going to happen. And a lot of it, I think, comes from... And then it's happening. Right. They don't want people stealing other mods and then monetizing it. And so the people who originally build them don't get anything. But again, they weren't getting anything anyways to start with. So, I mean, right. But that's the thing is like now somebody is mo- somebody is getting paid for somebody else's hard work oh, is the problem. Well, yeah, Bethesda is take like jumping in on this. Cause well, not Bethesda. We are talking about individual game developers. Okay. We're talking about modders who are stealing other people's mods and developing them for Bethesda. Okay. That's the problem here. And that's happening. Is Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, I know Total Biscuit uh, kind of went off on it the other day on Twitter, uh, which she, you know, typically does those things. And it's, it's amazing to see how Bethesda has yet to figure out why the modding community exists. Because they they just, it's, with every single step of the way, it seems that they fail to realize that modders are there to enhance the game experience for themselves and other people, not to make money. And Bethesda's not the only one trying to figure this out, too. Rockstar's having their same issues right. with mod- modders as well. So. Right. Well, Rockstar is more of the, oh, well, you're not going to follow our rules. We're going to sue you. Yeah. And Bethesda's like, oh, you're not following rules. We're going to monetize it. So it's just an interesting, interesting world out there. Yeah, and I think it's, it, it's going to all come down to is modding something that is just a given in these type of games? Like, is it something that is a right for the people who buy it and want to go through this process? Or is it not like you know does that make sense is it is it not something that they should be allowed to do i don't know uh i think i think it should have just been left the way it was 
Yeah. Because honestly, the modders, they it's weren't worked for they years and years. They weren't going in it to make money. They were going in it because they enjoyed the game and wanted to do something cool with it and make it have and have other people just to have fun with it. Like that was the main point of modding. It's not it was never about the money. It was just about like expanding the game, having more fun. And that's what video games should be about. Right. Well, but theoretically, theoretically. But as we've seen in the recent history is money is uh, king, obviously. So it changes. Well, yeah, it changes how games are should be advertised, advertised, but like supported, I should say, is be the proper term. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So more Bethesda news. Yes. Um, Skyrim VR is a mess. Go figure. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, Kotaku, when, when has Skyrim not been a mess? <laughs> right. So Kotaku Australia ran this story. And basically a guy who super bunny hop, who is on Twitter, I guess he's a YouTuber, uh, wrote this thing. He said, the movement is all wrong. Handled via teleporter. You blink in and out of existence. A relaxing, immersive walk through Skyrim is impossible. The combat is all wrong, handled via a waggling sword and an unlimited point-and-forget flamethrower. <laughs> Enemy AI not adjusted for new controls. Adding insult to injury, it looks like they had to lower all the settings to garbage mode to get it working in VR. Who could have foreseen this coming? Uh, just let Skyrim die at Please. this point. I mean, it's been six years since it came out. Yes. Honestly, I, I understood like the like the remaster and stuff. That's where it should have stopped. Remastered version on, and they did that. Done. Just leave, leave it alone. For the love of God, just give us a new Elder Scrolls game. Yes. I don't. Th- well, don't rush an Elder Scrolls. Well, don't. Game. I mean, and that's why they keep doing this with Skyrim to buy themselves more time on their new Elder Scrolls game before people are like, "Why it's a next Elder Scrolls game?" So. Or they should just be like, hey, we're working on it. Be patient, everyone. I mean, they're just, they're just again, beating Skyrim to death, and they need to stop. They need to let it go. Let it be what it is. So And let it just evolve naturally. And let it with not the, with unpaid be mods and a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> I love that line. I do, too. Oh, that's great. So We got more Bethesda news. It's just, well, actually, we do need to take a break. Oh. So let's go ahead. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Okay, we are back. So, sorry, we had a little uh, interruption with the studio manager there. So, it's all good. Showing off the studio to a, a new person. Yeah, so. I mean, this is the time of year that everybody comes in and they learn how to use the studio. So, so, back to what I was saying about more Bethesda news. I guess Target, which is always Target. I don't know why it's always Target. <laughs> they listed a Bethesda Game of Thrones game. They did, <laughs> and everyone's, and then it just went away again. Of course, like like everything on Target's webpage just kind of shows up. People see it, and then they're like freak out, and then Target's like, oh crap, and deletes it. Yeah. So th- I, this was basically found by a NeoGAF uh, person, as everything is. 
So um, there is nothing else about this. There's no confirmations. Uh, there's nothing. Literally nothing has been said so about all, this. All speculation that you know, Bethesda is making a Game of Thrones game. And when people think, obviously, Bethesda, you're going to think open world RPG. Right. Game of Thrones game. Which, you know. Which I think is a really super long stretch. It'd be, they, have, they would have to do it right. It couldn't be set in, like, current, like, TV show, current Game of Thrones settings, which I need to catch up on. So, because I just, now I'm two seasons behind. Now season seven's over. Oh, well. So, so apparently, there's been an update since I wrote out this article. Oh. Um, a Target spokesman came out and said, this is not a real project. We're sorry for the confusion. So that, that kind of puts an end to that. But I want to think about this for a second. What would a Bethesda Game of Thrones game be like? Okay, here we go. Would it basically just be Skyrim? You well, got the dragons. You, you, got the, you got the one person who can talk to dragons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, how I would see it imagine is you pick one of the great families, Stark, Lannister, Baratheon, whatever, and you become a soldier for them, and then you obviously climb the ranks and become the super soldier. I don't know. Something That'd like that. kind of cool. So, yeah, you pick your house, and it determines how the game starts, which I think would actually be pretty cool. So it actually could do, like, a different replay value if you pick... You know, being in the north versus being in the south or something. So, I don't know. I kinda, I've kind of thought about this in the past because they did come out with the Game of Thrones game a while ago, and it was yes. utter, utter garbage. There so. was an RPG that wasn't the Telltale game because Telltale game had the RP or the Game of Thrones story game, right? Yeah, and th- that was good. I mean, they actually, because they actually had like the voice actors, or actors from like the real show voice act the game and stuff. Yeah. So. But there was uh, there was an RPG, and, and I that came out. I want to say, <laughs> whoops, sorry, uh, six about six years ago, maybe five. I don't, I don't know too much about it. I do remember a Game Grumps where they played it with the guy who plays, uh, not <laughs> Ring something, the the soldier, the Unsullied soldier. Oh. Uh, Grey Worm. Grey Worm, not Ringworm. <laughs> oh, God. Which is all what I always think of because one of my roommates said Ringworm one time, and that's what I always Yeah, so, I mean, that one was actually set during the rebellion went with the Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark younger thro- overthrowing Aegon. Or is it, was it? No, it was... Uh, no, I made that mistake, too. Something Targaryen. The Mad King. Let's just say Rhaegar. that. Rhaegar. Not Rick. Well, I mean, Rhaegar was the, the prince, but... I don't know. I don't know. There's too many people. In well, I, okay, I, I read them so i have a little more understanding of characters Rhaegar is the brother well, i watched all the show yeah is the brother of daenerys so right it was it was their dad that they were overthrowing the mad king right. that jamie lannister killed okay but that was when that that's where that game was set and from what i heard it was just utter poo <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> so uh maybe a game of thrones game would be kind of cool from like a studio that's a little more comfortable with making a big open world fighting game like that so yeah, and but also Bethesda's last few games have sucked really bad. So <laughs> I think they know it too. <laughs> yes. Sonic Mania. Let's talk about Sonic Mania for a second because Sonic Mania is a great game, is it not? 
You would I, say yes. Sure. I mean, it looks like a classic Sonic you should, game. You should probably play Sonic I Mania. I probably need to. So it hit, it's on Steam now. Yay. And I guess the big story here is it has de novo DRM on it, which means if you can't play games online, you can't play this game. How awesome is that? A game that does not need to be online at all needs to be online. Yep. DRM folks, isn't that awesome? So that sucks for a lot of people, you know, and it, it's not as given as people think. Like we have a friend who lives in a civilized part of the United States, not far from us, who has a data cap. Jason? Yes. Okay, yeah. So and so downloading patches and all this stuff is literally a choice by choice basis for him. Yeah, I like he is very close to like civilization. I don't know, like he's not like No, he is he right is there. Li he's literally stone throw away from a hospital. Yes. And his internet is just poo. <laughs> yeah, they they have a data cap. And so like this idea that everybody is going to be online 100% of the time is crazy. That's okay, remember my my rant about Crackdown 3. With yes. Microsoft. That's this is my example for that. Yes. Okay. Which I don't know if you saw. Sorry, sorry sidebar. Uh, Microsoft already announced that they announced Crackdown three too early. Yes. They've admitted to that. So. Yeah. But anyways, I mean that's moving on. That's moving a bummer. That's a real big bummer that this game has to be online. And I think it's it's also a tone deaf decision. Yeah. When there's no reason for it to be online at all yeah to be honest right i mean the only thing it has is leaderboards whoa but i this is their way of preventing it from being stolen but it's also their way from preventing it from being bought so that sucks south park let's talk about south park because everybody loves south park we are nearing we're nearing the, the fractured next, butthole. To the next delay for that game. Right. <laughs> right. It is coming. We should all expect that it will get de delayed yet again. But it has been rated. Guess what? It's rated M. What? I never would have thought. I was totally thinking E. Right. E for I M. think the first South Park game that came out, not, not the Stick of Truth, the ones prior, were actually rated teen. Uh, which is crazy to think about. But the, I guess the story here is what it was rated M for. Uh, this is an awesome description by the ESRB. And I just kind of want to walk through these. I love how in depth it is. It's great. Yeah. Well, so they have, you have your like eight line thing that it's like violence, sexual content, blah, blah, blah. But every game also gets rated a bigger, almost like paragraph of things for like parents to look out for of, of why it got rated that. Right. So this one rated M for blood spatter effects. Okay. Cartoony dismemberment or decapitation, mature humor, racial humor, characters, urinating and defecation extended an extended sequence in a strip club. Featuring children, just making sure everybody knows that because the the main characters in this game and this series are children. And I have actually watched the uh, 
that whole level play out, it is something else. Um, <laughs> you, you're, you get mistaken as a stripper at one point. Oh, nice. So it, it's, it's something. A towel character performing an obscured sex act on a man in an alley. <laughs> a man watching security cameras and reaching for lubricant behind his desk. Nudity, drug use, including cocaine, uh, and language. Language in South Park? No. That okay. This is going to be the a gr- bomb of a game. Oh, man. This game is going to be just something. It, did, did you ever play the Stick of Truth? No, I haven't. I should, I, and I should have bought it during the summer sales. You should have. There is a scene. Actually, there's a number of scenes in the Stick of Truth that are just remotely beyond shocking. <laughs> um, but there is one where... You see your parents doing a specific adult thing and you have to, I don't remember exactly why, but you have to go in the room and dodge certain things. Oh no. That uh, you're, it's, it's terrible. That was one of those, like, I remember, like, getting done with it and just being, just sitting there, just stunned <laughs> after what, I like this, what I had ever I feel like I this w- one's going to be a lot, lot of that. They see now they know what they can do. And so it's like, uh oh, we should really be concerned. <laughs> so, uh, South Park. God man. bless Matt and Trey. Yes, very much so. Just they have no limits. But speaking of games that have limits, <laughs> I that's a terrible segue, but PUBG. PUBG. Um, We've never talked about that before in our show at all. I got second place in PUBG the other day, and it sucked. If I would have been on, so like when the circle closed, I was on the bottom of it. Ah, if I, I would have been towards the top, there was a tree, and I know the guy who killed me was right there. See that, and that, that's. But I got passed by the circle, and I had to stand up, and that was it. And that's that's the worst part. Like, doesn't matter how much skill you have, it is the luck of the circle. It is. It really is. And I I made my way there by crawling through bushes after bushes for a while. And, like, there was a guy. The worst part of it to me is I was sitting there shaking because this guy, I I knew he was watching this other guy that I was also watching over by this hay bale. And he was crawling towards me. And I'm just, like, I'm laying in this tree or this bush. And he just keeps getting closer and closer. And it was like one of those moments like, okay, if I shoot this guy, they will know that there's somebody else right here, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing else I could do. So the guy gets just a foot away from this bush. I stand up, shoot him with shotgun, lay back down, and nobody noticed. It was amazing. Yeah, I got his health packs and stuff healed up real quickly. And yeah. Then I watched the other guy take out the guy by the hay bale, and then it was basically between us, which sucks. But I was so close. Your heart was just pounding. Did did I ever ever tell you when Jesse and I won on the first person server? No. It was me and him and one other guy. So it was three alive. Obviously, we worked together. And 
we're doing first person, so you can't look around and you can't like see above you a little bit. And we are literally in the final circle. It's not moving anymore. Right. And we're laying here for f- like five minutes, like, uh, what do we do? And we're like, well, he has to be in this area. So we kind of like just like we cannot see anything. We're in like the wheat fields and stuff, and we just kind of like went around the circle, and he ended up killing Jesse. But I saw him, and I had the M two four nine just popped up. <laughs> killed him it was pretty fun it was like but it's crazy like how different the first person is versus like third yeah because we literally sat in the final circle for like five minutes i'm not a fan of the first person to be honest it's different it's fun i i enjoyed the the two-player first person i didn't enjoy when we did squad as much i don't like squad as much on that game anyways yeah but anyways so the reason we bring up PUBG, so PUBG surpassed dota for the most concurrent players on steam for at least one day and that's a big deal. So they they still haven't beat the record because Dota holds the record at like a million. Uh, they are the f- the first game ever to pass a million players in a day on Steam. And so this was like in the 800,000s. And it was just a little bit above Dota. But it's a big deal because Dota's held that spot for years. And so it's... And PUBG's it's, early access, so... Pub, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's shocking about this. PUBG is early access. It's like there... I mean, there are so many things that should not be making this game as big of a deal as it is. But, yeah, I mean, that's cool. That's cool for a game that I really enjoy. Like, I really think this game is something special. So it's cool to see it where it is. But... I don't. I don't think they're gonna ever beat Dota really, in the long term of things. But, you know, it's like eight million people have bought it in the past like eight months. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a huge game. So it's, yeah, it is. I mean, every lobby I join is always full of a hundred people. So yeah, it's so. Uh, Monument Valley Two is available for pre-registration on Google Play. And that's neat. Uh, I had mentioned it came out for iPhones and stuff not too long ago. And so I'm excited to see it now being at least thought of for Google Play. But anyways, we need to take another break. We'll be back. On the video game news track. So um, if any of you out there listen to us are video game developers and you're looking for a job, I have news for you. Anthony Newman, who is the co-lead designer on The Last of Us Part 2, tweeted out a picture with a bunch of job openings that Naughty Dog is looking for. Things like UI designers and uh, gameplay programmers and stuff like that. So if you have like skills and a resume and stuff, you know, look it up, send them your stuff. And you might make one of the greatest games ever made. Right. Get a good job. It, it, like, and it's one of those things like this is what sucks about the video game world. Like you will have to relocate and then who knows how long you'll actually have a job. 
It could be until this game's over and then you're off on your way. Uh, but, that's, but I mean, that could be several years. So yeah, this game will come out next year. Well, is this for last of us too? Yes. Okay. So how I took this is that the guy who is designer of last of us two is also tweeting these. Uh, no, these this is, this is like a, for the last for of us a two. new game. Okay. Nah, this is kind of how they, they'll hold their regular studio and then you'll get a bunch of contract work and they will help design it. And then your studio will stay put and then you'll let the other people go. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. So there's job openings for those of you who are looking for a job. Uh, that have the skills, which I don't. We've got some Microsoft news today. A little bit, yeah. And most of it because, you know, Gamescom just got over and so all the big players were there. Uh, so I guess this one, it comes from the Sony camp, but... or No, 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 sorry. It comes from the Microsoft camp. I'm getting... I'm confusing myself because I've been talking too long. So Microsoft came out and basically said, oh, well, we are talking with Sony about crossplay." play uh, And the quote from the article was, we're talking to Sony about crossplay. We do partner with them on Minecraft. And of course, we like to enable them to be part of that. One community, two Unite Gamers. So we're talking to them and we're hopeful that they'll be supportive of it. But... They're still really not. This doesn't change anything. It still stands where Sony's like, oh, well, we want to keep our community safe and whatever that means. And it's interesting after they said that, uh, Phil Spencer in an interview was like, eh, I don't really think that makes sense because that's, that means that we don't keep our players safe. And that's kind of offensive, like, because we do. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically exactly where it was before. Whatever that means. So it's it's nowhere. Right. I I think the the idea of crossplay is kind of cool, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. You have two different hardware systems. Yeah, that's the problem is it's it's your hardware's different. Right. But I mean that doesn't stop PC players from playing with each other and they have different hardware specs. Yeah, but it's it's all based around the same netcode. Okay. That's the thing. Like, though, Sony servers are going to be way different than Microsoft servers. The PC servers are all based off of the company who's, who's hosting it, if that makes sense. So, like, if I'm going to play Overwatch on PSN... Although I'm going through a Blizzard server, there's PSN that's passing me through that. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be playing Overwatch on PC, I'm going straight through Blizzard. There's nothing in between me and them. And I think that's the big difference between those two things. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about servers and net codes and all that stuff. So no, no, I'm totally not an expert. Just this, like, just thinking logically. That's what makes sense. Mm. But speaking more Microsoft news, so the Xbox One X has become the Microsoft's fastest selling pre-order of any console. And this surprises me. This surprises me a lot. I honestly didn't think the Xbox One X was going to sell like that well. 
See, I don't think they did either yeah. because it is sold out in a bunch of countries. It makes me wonder what the limit is, like how much they allot right. to these countries. Because, I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit. Not everyone's in the uh, in 4K yet, so it's a very select market at this time. But right. It was, and I and mean, there's other stuff in there, too. But this is, I mean, this is what we call the people that are 4K ready are going to buy this. So those are the people buying this console right now. It may, and maybe it's more people than we realize, but I think the, what they were talking about is like only like 40% of people actually have the full 4K capability to run this console. And that's like, and then you have to think about 40% the 40% of that, the gamers right, that, who are interested. Yeah, and, and out of that percentage, how many are really want this console? So, I mean. Yeah, I think this is, I, I mean, I'm surprised by that announcement because I, I, I still think about what it would take for someone like me to buy this console. And it's going to take more than just what they have. I mean, I guess the graphical, but those teraflops, man, right. Even the people who aren't 4k yet are going to get something out of the increased power in this console. It's going to upscale your TV anyways. Right. You like, you think about like, I can't run 4k, uh, on my computer, but you think of like destiny, for example, looks so much better on it. And that's going to be the same way for this. Yeah, it'll look good. It's just I'm I, I'm still surprised because obviously the five hundred dollar price mark is quite a bit. It's it's expensive. That is for expensive, sure. and I mean, good for Microsoft to be out on the forefront of the four K gaming, especially for consoles. Yeah, they need this console to succeed because they are. I was thinking about the difference between like this and the PS4 Pro. Because when the PS4 Pro came out, they were like, oh, hey, here's a console. If you want it, go for it. Uh, But Microsoft, it seems like they are really betting a lot on this. They are, like, treating it like this is the future of their console. This is... This is a brand new console for them versus the PS4 that it's just like, eh, it's just there. Yeah, it was was just an upgraded version. It wasn't a brand new console. Right. And so I'm really interested. I think we're going to need to wait to see until it really releases, uh, which is a couple of months still, to see what happens. But I'm like, if they sell as many copies and as fast as they say they are, that's going to be really shocking to me. And that's going to be a really good sign for them when they don't have any games to back it up. Yeah. Cause that's, that's any first well, that's, party games. That's to back always it up. been their issue with the Xbox one is they've had no games. So. Besides Halo and Gears of War, which are still two of the biggest franchises. Well, in yeah, the world. but like, I mean, there's just a, no other games like that's that and crackdown. Uh, that was that was their big thing. Like they were trying to get Crackdown out for this console, and now that it's pushed back, it's like, well, okay. Yeah, I think they're. Well, we'll see if they figure it out. I mean, I'm sure they will. They're one of the biggest corporations in the world. No, I'm sure they'll figure yeah, something out. Yeah, they'll figure something out. Obviously, uh, I mean, I hope it does well. I want the them to do well i don't want i like the idea of this doing well so that people start to realize oh like we have to offer in upgraded graphics ex- graphical experience to compete with the pc market mm-hmm. so 
Microsoft also hinted at a Halo VR game. And the way this came about is they in they were talking about mixed reality and they posted this announcement and part of it was like games and entertainment and there was a little halo symbol in the middle of it. So they didn't come out and be like, we are making a halo VR game. It's going to be incredible. They basically just said, oh, well, these are this is all the stuff we have lined up in the mixed reality world. And so I guess the big question here is like, is it going to be a HoloLens thing? Which doesn't really make sense for them because HoloLens has not taken off and it's still kind of being pushed as a corporate, we're going to train you how to do surgery on people thing. And I don't know if they can push out a really good game or a really good Halo game in VR, I think that's a really neat thing. And we were talking about uh, Half-Life earlier and my thought on that. And this could be the game that does that. Because, again, Halo was kind of on the forefront of pushing those boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, when Halo Combat Evolved launched with the Xbox, it was like, oh, this is the game that is going to make Microsoft a leader in games media. And when Halo 3 came out with the 360, it was kind of the same way. Like, here's all these things that we're really going to push the boundary of in terms of interactive storytelling and multiplayer, really. And esports, for example, like has a lot to owe to this as well, especially in the Western world. Because at that point, it was basically StarCraft in Mm -hmm. uh, Korea. And so if they can come out and, like, push a really good Halo VR game, which, again, they haven't said they're doing, but if they could, I think that that is a telltale sign of VR maybe launching, which up to this point, it's still kind of like a novelty idea. It really needs that big hitter to come out to be like, oh, hey, like we are a relevant, important part of media. So any comments? Just sitting there. Just going to sit here quietly and just let you do you. Good. Good. Um, Now, we talked about HTC earlier, and this uh, kind of came out and may be a little surprising to people. So Bloomberg ran an article saying, that the HTC company may sell its Vive business or is at least exploring the options of selling the Vive. And if you look at it, like the Vive just had a $200 price cut. And, you know, HTC... So it's $600 now or whatever? Uh, I think a little less. I don't know. But if you look like, look at five, ten years ago, Uh, maybe only five years ago, like HTC was a leader in the cell phone market. Mm -hmm. And I had an HTC phone. The the black one with like the red lines on the back or maybe. Cause I know, I know everyone had that. Yeah. It was a really good phone. 
And so, but over the past few years, you know, Samsung and Apple has heavily dominated this market oh, for, I mean, and it's basically between those two players. Yeah. I mean, you see like Blackberry's not even like hardly a thing anymore. Right. And they're, they're almost again, novelty ideas where it's like, oh, you own a company and you want to type on a keyboard still. Here's a Blackberry. Yeah. Uh, if you still want that PDA experience, but it's like, I don't know with Samsung and Apple taking over the cell phone market, it kind of leads HTC that they need a grasp somewhere because if they don't get that, they're really going to struggle. And so I don't know, like this idea that they may sell the vibe, it doesn't make sense business wise other than it's going to give them a huge influx of cash that they can then spend on something else. Mm-hmm. Because if they're if the VR market isn't going to take off, then they're putting basically everything they have into a dead market. And unfortunately, I think they have one of the better quality VR headsets out there. Right. It's just so expensive. That's the problem. It's just, it is just so expensive, and that's why people probably aren't buying it. Because I like their their setup. I think has the widest field of view. Um, they have like the motion controls that are actually pretty good. And like, I've seen gameplay of stuff with the vibe and it's, it's actually pretty cool. And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of what VR is going to start looking like, but right. if, if no one's buying it and maybe we'll see with this $200 price cut, maybe they can actually, you know, sell more units and maybe, I don't know. I, it's such the problem with a lot of these, especially like the motion controls mm-hmm. uh, is you need a big open space yeah. to do it. I, I like in my apartment, I could not do that. Uh, in your apartment, you might be able Maybe. to. I could move my couch back and yeah. I'd be okay. Uh, but, like, you look at people like me, I have a room, like a small room that ha- holds literally everything I own. Half your percussion equipment just in the corner. So, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of stuff in my room. And so the idea of setting up a full-scale VR yeah, you, thing, I, for I sure could you never do it. I just could never do it in there. Like... If I got a house, I would definitely set like a room up. Like my gaming room would be something that I could do that in. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But until, you know, I'm not a poor college student, I can't get on that bandwagon. With two bachelor's degrees and no job. Yes. <laughs> hey, I only have one bachelor's degree right now. The next one uh, might come. Uh, so anyways, we need to take another break maybe let me do the math in my head yeah we need to take another break we'll be back in just a couple minutes with uh more video game news and then we'll end this long thing Okay, we are back. The Dry Spell Radio Spellcast Show thing is back. We're back. We're back for news. So we're going to finish out the day talking about video games. Yeah. Get hyped. Woo! That was really loud. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So. I was hyped, man. 
SNES. You remember the SNES? There was this console called the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Sure. Uh, it had this RPG called The Secret of Mana. It was a Japanese RPG, and it's getting a remake. That it was kind of random, out of left field, uh, that they announced this thing. It comes out and February fifteenth on the SNES Classic. No, this is out. a real life thing you can probably get, and not a remaster, a remake. Ye- brand new game. Yes, same game, but brand new game. Right. So okay. it's an HD. That's not going to be pixel art. Blah blah blah. Yeah, February 15, 2018, you know, if you talk to, like, people who are big into the RPG world, this is a big one. This was probably, I think if you ask a lot of people, one of the original RPGs that made you fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. Because this is, yeah, this is well before I was playing RPGs. Oh, yes, well before me. Uh, uh, this was This would not have been good for my little fragile brain. No. But I just like jumping and smashing things with my Mario character. So Yes. So there's that. Uh, speaking of weird RPG <laughs> things, Final Fantasy 15 is adding an Assassin's Creed tie-in. Did you see this? Yes, did- I did. And I actually saw them like, gameplay of it and this is insane you literally running around like you're an assassin yeah i don't know where this came from it's not a mod either like this no is like a, this is a real release this <laughs> is like a real thing uh i actually have something to say about the mods too but we can get into that i don't i don't know where that's coming from but this is the strangest tie-in I've seen it in a long time. They're not even the same company. No, not at all. This is a Square Enix Ubisoft partnership. What? So it's interesting. Yeah, you play literally as the Final Fantasy characters dressed as assassins. Well, and you run around as playing as an assassin. Yeah, you're dressed as, I think it was. You looked a lot like Ezio. I think you, it was Ezio. Well, he's like definitely the most recognizable character. In Assassin's Creed. Yeah, so. I mean, I couldn't recognize any other ones, so. They're all still good. But, anyways. Okay. So, yeah, that's it's just super weird. But other Final Fantasy news, I just kind of saw this the other day. So, it's on PC now, officially. Okay. Or it will be soon. And they already said that modding will be available on it. Of course. Square Enix has come out and said that they will not... Uh, Limit mods, or I can't think of the word. Right. And the modding is up to the discretion of the modder. Right. And so you know this game's going to just get, come out of control. Right. And so I think, like, one of and the big things they said was, like, it was, we will not censor nudity that's mods, That's what it was, right? yep. And they're cool. Like, it's up to the players, <laughs> like, they're like, it's up to the player's discretion. We trust the players. Like, well, that's you a, that's your first mistake right <laughs> you should, there. Video game, I mean, you should never first trust off, them. Final Fantasy has always had scantily clad female characters, and now we're going to have no clad female characters. Right, in like these the games. one the one in Final Fantasy 15 is the mechanic the, girl. The, yes. Yeah. I mean, she's like barely wearing any clothes as it is, and day, she is going to end up naked. Day one of, I'm sure. of modding naked. Let's talk about the industry <laughs> for a while uh, and the industry's treatment of women. Do we have time for this? No, we, don't. we actually don't. Uh, but uh, this is cool. I mean, cool guys, yeah. go for it. 
You do you. I mean, there's going to be male nod mods, like male nudity mods as well. The, the clothes will just be erased from that game. For sure. <clears throat> like most games end up with some kind of mod like this. But it's kind of funny to see the company be like come in and like, if you want to do this, do it. Like, like you we, don't have to dress this. You. I love it. They're like, we trust you. It's like, that was a no. <laughs> no, you never. <laughs> never. But it's like one of those things. Like, it's funny to see them come out and be like, we know this is going to happen and we're just going to let it. Like, you don't have to address that. Mm-hmm. But they did. I think that's the craziest part about that. Yeah. Talking about crazy. Uh we're going to we're going to keep this really short but I wanted to bring it up because I think it's kind of important to talk about and I haven't seen a lot of stuff go- like in media about it and I just like to have this one question what the hell is going on with the Assassin's Creed Origin Steam page I went there the other day after a tip from somebody and the only way I can really think to summarize this is people are racist. And it's kind of disappointing that Assassin's Creed got drawn into this. Kind of the basic backstory of it is people coming out and saying this game shouldn't have black people in it, which, uh, FYI, for those of you who don't understand, Egypt is actually in Africa. So having, you know, dark skinned people in your game totally makes sense. And it was also fairly close to Europe. So having fair skinned people in your game makes sense. Also makes sense. But it seems like... Especially at the time where this is set. Right. Egypt is the place to be in the world right? at this moment. Because it was the first major civilization. Of course, everyone is going to be there. Right. It's just, I I, I mean... Because it's right across the channel from Spain, isn't it? Yeah, it's... it's not, uh, I mean, I guess I'm Spain's not great up here. at No, it's, geography. It's, it's right across from the Middle East, really. Okay. But... I don't know. There's this big thing going on right yeah, now. Europe, Europe's literally like right above it. So where people are trying to make this hugely political and incredibly racist. And it's a little upsetting, to be honest. But are you surprised with how the world is right now? I I guess I'm not. We have, not, I we wish, have Nazis walking in the streets. and I wish I were more surprised than I am. Because I think that's that's really sad that it's become a day-to-day thing. And maybe because it's never ended being a day-to-day thing, right? Um, as somebody who grew up in a white community, like, it's not something I ever really had to deal with. But, you know, like, it, it's sad to see something like this being drug under the bus for no real apparent reason. You know, I think Assassin's Creed has always done a really good job at 
not only being realistic mm -hmm. to the time periods and the people that were in it, but also being really fair to every side of history. You know, you look back at the first Assassin's Creed, you are literally a person killing Templar Knights. And that could be seen during, during the Crusades. Like right. That could be seen by a group of people as really, you know, really. I don't know the word I'm looking for as something that's fight worthy. I guess there's not a good way to put that. But, but you know, in like, 2007, people obviously were not so sensitive. Yeah, it was a very 2017. Right, so. It was a very different thing. But. At the same time, they were very fair to those people. Like, mm -hmm. it's never been, you know, like the the very beginning of every single Assassin's Creed game comes out and says, like, we are created by a a team of multicultural beliefs right. and races, and yeah, this and game is depicted as accurately as we could possibly get it to be. So, I mean, right with the added magic and crap like yeah. that, but still, like, it's sad to see this happening. And I really hope that Steam starts cracking down on this because this is a problem. Um, I thought you said this was going to be a short thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, it's one of those things like I think needs talked about and maybe someday we'll talk about the way race is depicted in games because it's not always great. In fact, a lot of the times that it's a big problem and I don't know. It's sad. It really disappoints me seeing the community causing these problems. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel in a lot of ways we are still healing from Gamergate. And this almost seems like an extension of that. So it's sad. It's sad to see. But... Hopefully it gets under control and maybe it was an isolated incident of that day. I haven't been on there in a couple of days, but yeah, it's there. It's, it's happening, but let's continue on. Let's talk about news that is maybe a little less controversial and maybe to some people more controversial. Uh, Overwatch just pushed their pushed their most recent updates. And that includes deathmatch for all so it's out on xbox ps4 pc i haven't played any of it um i would like to there's basically two modes to it you have free for all which is eight players all against each other and it's the first to 20 and then there's team deathmatch which is two teams of four obviously when i see this game i don't think of it as a deathmatch game mm -mm. but maybe that's just because it never had it yeah i mean it could be a good deathmatch for all we know right I mean, even Team Fortress had a deathmatch mode. So we'll see. We'll see how good it actually is. I I like team games that are, like, objective-based. So I don't know. We'll see how this actually plays. I just, like, there's not a lot of characters in here who I feel like are deathmatch-based. Everyone, everyone's going to play Soldier. Right. Unless... One per only one person can fix soldier, and which would be a really weird. That'd be a really crazy thing. It's going to be a whole game of it's just going to be eight people playing soldier and just become Call of Duty out there. So yeah, um, but they did they did make uh, several updates to characters that we know and love. Uh, so 
the people out there, uh, specifically you, Jason Widowmaker, has some updates. Uh, her grappling hook cooldown is shorter, so that'll make her a little more mobile, maybe more survivable because she can move more, right? And her Venom Mine now shows enemies wherever they are on the map. So you could throw an, a Venom Mine behind you around a corner. When it triggers, it shows you a trigger, and it also shows the character that triggered it so you can escape if you need to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good. It's almost like a Claymore now. Claymore like a motion sensor. Yeah, I think that's a really smart move on their behalf. Roadhog... Uh, I think this is probably the craziest one of these. Roadhog can now regen health while moving. Uh, It's called take a breather, I believe, is the exact term. And so he can heal on the move and also takes 50% less damage while healing. Which is crazy because there's times when he starts healing. Like he's almost like I've been here close to dead. He starts healing and then he heals through all the damage used throughout him and then he kills you right so i think this so, so my biggest be even harder to kill him i which is exactly what they need yeah you know i was really disappointed uh at how limited he became after the last nerf so now he's just gonna be the bullet sponge yes which they needed they needed him they needed a good bullet sponge so i'm happy that it's him because it's gonna really make his kit something desirable which yeah you're gonna he to, wasn't because he can still be annoying because there's like i'll still play as roadhog but you have to work with a teammate so when you hook someone you combo and then you kill right because you can't just do the hook one shot unless they're hurt but like i was playing i think jason was like soldier or someone i would hook and then he would helix miss rocket him and kill him and yeah it worked really well so yeah uh junk rat has two concussion mines now and his rip tire has been increased by 30 percent movement speed which so he I've always been annoyed by his ult, but this is going to make it <laughs> for someone who actually plays Junkrat semi. Right. I like Junkrat. I haven't played him a lot recently, but the two mines, I think they, they expanded that so that he could use the first mine as movement and then be able to use the second mine as an attack. And I think that's probably a smart move. I think that's going to make people use it for movement a lot more. I think, I don't think it's going to affect his attack very much, which I think is probably a good thing. And then Arisa, uh, her big thing was her fusion driver increases speed 20%. So now she can pop that fusion driver and run into a battle, which I think is important because she couldn't before. And her barrier is now larger, especially on the bottom of it so that she can defend herself from opponents that are below her. And so that's exciting. I think those are some really good changes that are going to really change the game quite and a bit. Then there's so the mercy update is still in PTR. And, uh, as I wrote on here, mercy is now a blood hungry monster that wants to bring destruction to the world. And so she had m- some major changes, including like her ultimate has changed. I think that's the first one in this yeah, game. She right? no longer has a, a, a res. full res. Right. And so now she reses, she can res one person on a cooldown. It's and a 30 then, second cooldown. Yeah. And then she has her Valkyrie, 
which makes her faster. She can fly. So that, that's her new ultimate. Valkyrie, yes. she can fly. She can heal multiple people at the same time. Her right. damage is boosted. Which is why she's going insane. And her and her and she no longer has to reload her pistol. So she can just keep shooting forever. Yeah, I'm sure that not all of that's going to make it into her update, but it's it's yet to be seen. So we need to go ahead. We need to take one final break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the day and go on our merry way. We've just got a few minutes left and we're going to just kind of power through some last little news things. I'm going to pass it over to Austin. He's going to talk about some siege stuff. Yes. So another game that we talk about all the time, siege, Uh, they have their, finally their big update is here. Uh, Blood orchid is finally here. It's the new expansion and it uh, actually is bringing three new operators, which is different because usually the uh, expansion is brought two. So we got two new defenders and one new attacker. Uh, and I kind of I didn't realize this, but this was a byproduct of Operation Health. So Operation Health was only supposed to last three months, and it lasted like six. So they actually canceled a another expansion in the game. It was a Polish expansion. Right. And that's why they're bringing three operators here now. So that leads me into what I was saying. So... They're bringing one of the Polish operators now and then the second Polish operator in the next expansion, which sucks because it looks like we're missing out on a map on that. So unless they give us two maps next time around. So I'll start with the new Polish operator, Ella, from the Polish CTU of Grom. Uh, She's a new defender, and her ability is like a disorient grenade. So she can throw it, stick it on the walls, and it blows up and disorients people like, Decently pretty well. Shakes her screen, makes it all blurry. Uh, But what her, I think her coolest thing is, is when she is down but not dead to the point where she can be revived, she can actually uh, do a grenade on herself and disorient everyone around her, which maybe will give your team a chance to kill the person who downed you and then give you a revive. So that's pretty cool. So then the other two operators are from, they're Hong Kong, out of Hong Kong, uh, the SDU. So we got Lesian, I think that's how you pronounce that, is the other defender, and he has a poison spike trap, which is looked pretty cool. So how it works for him, uh, they are completely invisible to anyone but him, and IQ can use it, use her device and see. So she'll be used a lot more, I'm assuming, because IQ is kind of one of those operators that just isn't used a lot. So. It'd be nice to see her come in. Uh, so the poison spike trap, spike trap, he throws it on the ground. You start with three, but as I talked about, you can get seven total in the match. So once the match starts, you it starts regenerating more, and you can have a seven total on the ground. So you can throw them on the ground. What happens if you trip them? It stabs you in the leg, and it'll do damage over time. Right. Or you can like take the couple seconds to pull it out of your leg, mm-hmm. but by that time you might already be dead. Right, and so I think the the special thing here is that since he does get stuff over time, 
I think that's going to create this kind of meta in the game where if you like, if you see on your drone that this character exists, then you need to figure out where he is mm -hmm. and kill him first. Yeah. Cause he's going to be like, like his, by the end of the game, if he's alive, he's going to be incredibly powerful. Yeah. Cause he can put these traps everywhere and it'll, I mean, it won't probably kill you unless you're in a bad situation where you're in a firefight and you hit the trap and then you're just kind of like, or you're already really close to death. Oh yeah. If you're like, you know, 10 health and get hit a trap, you're done. So he'll be very situational, but I think people, when people learn to play as him, he'll be good, real good. Uh, and the last one is, is the new attacker Ying and she's essentially more of a, of a passive fuse. I want to say, so she has, I don't remember the actual name, but they're essentially like flashbang grenade balls, things, that you can either roll under barricades and then shoot flashbangs all in the whole room, or you can put them on the wall like a fuse charge and shoots flashbangs yeah. in there. Her special thing is she has special glasses, so she doesn't get blinded by the flashbang. So right, so she can roll into a room as the flashbangs go. So on as on. a thing, I w a video I kind of saw, she has like a, sh a shotgun. She on a, as a secondary, she'd roll the grenade under a barricade, shoot the barricade down real quick with a shotgun, and then she rush in there and kill the people, and they they're totally blind. Super cool. So I'm excited to try them out. Uh, so we got a new map. It's a theme park, very dilapidated, abandoned theme park style. So interesting there. So that releases September 5th. Uh, the map releases that day for everyone. Uh, but only the operators for season pass holders are released then for free. And then a week later, they're available to everyone else through uh, in-game currency purchase. And alongside with this update, we have the 3.0 update, which is the official ending of Operation Health. Um, there's actually a lot they're bringing into this, but I kind of highlight some stuff. Uh, they said to bring significant improvements to stability and performance, which Good. I thought that's what Operation Health was supposed to do in the first place. Uh, fixed lighting, which they've been talking about for a while. Good. So, you know, you don't blow up, shoot a barricade and just get blinded by the sun. And then uh, several operator changes. So... A lot of stuff coming. I don't want to get onto the operator changes. There's quite a bit. So, yeah. but super cool. I'm excited to play that coming up here in the next week. So, yeah, I think that uh, you know that about does it for us today. Uh, you, I can highlight a couple things in my little esports segment. Uh, so I've been watching CS:GO a lot this past week. The ESL Pro League Season Six. Uh, both the North American and the European group stages are happening. And yeah, I think week two is coming up real shortly. I think the first week in September. And so that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch. I'm learning a lot about CSGO as I watch a lot of different things that I never really thought of. Uh, Dota two. I think the big story here is that cloud nine has officially dropped their Dota team. When so Team NP, which was like kind of a a collection of some of the best North American players, they they did not do too hot in the international, and so now it looks like Cloud Nine just dropped them. Uh, Internal Envy, which is kind of a fan favorite. He went to Fnatic, and so that's going to really shift a lot of things in this game. So, and then finally, PUBG, which is trying to make its name for an eSport, which I think is a crazy one, but they had their Gamescom Internet Invitational 
uh, this past week. And I watched some of it. And the funny one is the guy who won the solo matches, he never got first place. Maybe he got first place in the middle match. I don't know. It was based on points. Mm -hmm. So, like... That makes sense. Yeah. And so he won the final match that he actually, like, won. Chicken dinnered? I think so. Maybe. No, he was in top 10, though. He got stuck in a rock. He got stuck in the... uh, On the beach. Uh Uh-huh. In the cliffs, in between two rocks. And the circle passed him, and he had, like, a collection of, like, six first aid kits and just a ridiculous amount of bandages and uh, healing items. And he just sat there and would, like, pop an energy drink and then heal with a bandage and then heal with a first aid kit. And he did this repeatedly, even though he was dying so quickly, but he could heal himself so much... Uh, that he he survived. Survived long enough to get yeah. enough points to win the thing. That's great. Crazy. That's super It awesome. was crazy to watch. And, like, he knew. he From the beginning, he was like, I'm going to play this much more defensive because it, we I know it's based on these things, right? So, yeah, crazy. It was crazy to watch. Uh, and then I know there was a lot of stuff, like, remember, this is still early access, there were some bugs that put people out of team. Uh, I know one of the teams, I think they were Russian, got put out because one of their players triggered a Windows update. <laughs> and so Windows started updating on them. And I know this happened with CSGO a while ago that Windows 10 decided that well, actually when it was like making the transition from 8 to 10, mm. it started yeah. updating to 10 in the middle of a match. Oh, my God. That's funny. You know. Uh, That's a nightmare situation for like an eSport. Yeah. And the guys came out and they're like, sorry, like before you start tournaments, you turn off Windows Update, but they accidentally missed it on this machine. And then the guy gets shot and the rest of the team dies and it sucked. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that kind of come out. So this is the part of the show that we would answer your questions if you sent us an email. So go ahead and send us your emails to dryspellradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at dryspellradio. For those of you, if you are listening live, we have a SoundCloud. It is Dry Spell Radio, and you can listen to the whole show, all of our previous shows, extra things like our E3 coverage, and who knows, maybe we'll start doing some extra stuff here and there. So, finally, before we get out of here, just kind of outlining some games that are coming out this week. Um, Games that have already come out this week, I think that are worth noting. Uh, First of all, uh, Sonic Mania again for. PC Windjammers has come out for yeah. PlayStation and I messaged all my friends last night like you have to get Windjammers so it is there Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle came out again we talked about Absolver earlier Abduction is a game that I kind of want to check out and it's coming out so apparently ReCore has a definitive edition that came out uh, that amazes me because from what I heard Record didn't have anything worth really playing, so there's you can buy it again, I guess. 
Resident Evil Revelations for PlayStation came out. So I might check that out. I don't know. And otherwise, you know, Life is Strange Before the Storm came out this morning. Oh, or I, I, later today, I think it comes I out. I still need to beat the first one. Yeah, because it comes out tomorrow. So I think it unlocks today at some point. Uh, that's the first episode of that. I don't know if I'm going to get around to it this week, but I'm definitely going to check that out real soon to kind of see what my thoughts are. Next week, I think the big one, Destiny. Yeah. I think uh, probably the majority of what we're going to talk about next week is going to be Destiny. But I also don't want to pass over the fact that NAC 2 comes out. NAC 2! I'll buy it because it's only going to be, what, like 30 bucks. So Yeah, it's going to be cheap. Uh, there is a demo out right now that I'm going to go home and play probably today. Yeah. It's like a two gig download or something. So NAC 2, baby. NAC! The sequel we never asked for. <laughs> but we always wanted. All right. Well, I guess that about does it for us to this week. Yeah, so. I think so. For uh, me, thank you, Austin, for being here. Of course. Always. As always. And uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week uh, covering what I saw at PAX and all the video game news of the week. Thanks, everybody, for listening.